I'm Yasi Salik, and I'm the host of Bandsplain, a show where we explain cult bands and iconic artists by going deep into their histories and discographies. We're back with a brand new season at our brand new home, the Ringer Podcast Network, tackling a whole new batch of artists, from grunge gods to power pop pioneers to new metal legends, and many, many more. Listen to new episodes every Thursday, only on Spotify. This episode of The Town is brought to you by FX's Feud, Capote versus the Swans. The second installment in Ryan Murphy's Feud anthology tells the story of acclaimed writer Truman Capote, once a confidant to society's most elite women, whom he nicknamed the Swans. Starring Naomi Watts, Diane Lane, Chloe Sevigny, Calista Flockhart, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, and Tom Hollander. For your Emmy consideration, visit fxnetworks.com slash FYC. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. It is Monday, September 26th. Hope you had a nice weekend. So the big question of the fall TV season is how many people are going to watch NFL football on Amazon Prime? We've all been wondering. And finally, last week, we got some answers and they were surprisingly good for Amazon. 13 million people watched that first game. The Chargers versus the Chiefs, Mahomes and Justin Herbert. That's a big number. Most people, including me, thought it would be much lower. And it really got to this question of how much people will do to watch the NFL. Because a lot of the NFL's viewers are not Amazon Prime Video people. It's much more rural. It's much older. It is not typically the demo that is always online. To break down that initial set of data, I wanted to have John Arand in here. He is the Sports Business Journal media reporter. He's been on the show before. He is the guy when it comes to ratings on television for sports and now streaming. And we're going to get into this question of what these numbers mean beyond what you and I saw, who's watching, who's not, and what does this mean for other leagues like the NBA and MLB? Everything is eventually transferring over to streaming, but how fast is it going to go and how significant are these numbers? That's today. From The Ringer and Puck, I'm Matt Bellany, and this is The Town. Okay, we are here with John Aron from Sports Business Journal. You are our guy for all things ratings for sports. And we had an interesting one this past week with Amazon finally releasing numbers of the first the first Thursday night football game. Um, it took a few days. We had a number that came out that I think surprised me, surprised you, I'm betting, and surprised a lot of people. 13 million people watched that first Thursday night football game that was available on streaming only. So tell me what you thought when you first saw the number. I was surprised. It, it, uh, unqualified success for Amazon, as far as it uh, goes for me. I had them b beforehand. I didn't. I didn't publish anything, so I, I should probably lie about this. But I, I had them around eight million, probably lower than that uh, going in. Yeah, I just, guess ten. I thought. I thought a little bit less than ten. Yeah, and and they they promised advertisers uh, the the ad guarantee. They promised up uh, twelve point five. 
And nobody thought they were going to get that, not even the advertisers uh, that, that bought it. So having the big number come in at 13, I thought was really good. And once you dive into some of the numbers, uh, which I know we're, we're going to do, it, it looks even better. I mean, they had a, uh, I, I went nuts on the preseason game they had at the end of August, where half their viewership came from over the air television. Right. Because we should explain, I mean, even though it's available exclusively on Amazon Prime, in the markets of the teams, in this case, Kansas City and Los Angeles, it was available on over-the-air television as well. Right. And so the big, big number that all of sports media was looking at was how much uh, was going to come from over there television because if it, if it was going to be a significant amount it's you know who cares about streaming it's all being viewed on on television well it wasn't a significant amount it came all the way back uh down to where i think it was about nine percent of of the total um uh combined the two markets were just over a million viewers so uh that was another if i'm at if I, i'm at amazon i'm looking at that number in particular and i'm really happy yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I live in Los Angeles and I watched it on Amazon Prime. I didn't even think because it's you, you heard Amazon has these games now, so you tuned in. So you say that Amazon has to be pleased with this. I think that's probably true. I know people internally at Amazon who were also very surprised by this number. Um, so what does it mean? Like, why, how did they get there? Is it just that more people knew how to turn on their television and get to their smart TV app and put on Amazon than, than we thought would? Because uh, the NFL's an older and more rural audience and people said you know what it's hard to make that switch when espn started airing monday night football the ratings dropped 30 percent so what is it uh, that caught what what is it that allowed them to get to this number well i i think that's what's uh, the, the most fascinating part about this and i know a lot of people are talking about this is going to be the entryway for sports onto streaming but what got this number was the NFL. It, it, it was the shield. I mean, people have proven time and time again that they're going to follow the NFL and, and, and figure out where, where, where the games are and, and watch those games. And so the, uh, the NFL was smart. You know, when, when it gave, uh, thir- uh, when it did the Thursday night schedule, it made, it made the best Thursday night game the the leadoff game. This was a, um, a game that last year was also on Thursday night football. It was on Fox, Amazon, NFL Network, Twitch, and it got about 18 million uh, viewers ac- across all of those. So, so it, it got much more sp- sort of on that linear uh, TV, but it was a great game, star quarterbacks, uh, good teams, and it went to the end. I mean, the, uh, Justin Herbert, the, the Chargers uh, quarterback, was throwing touchdown pay- uh, passes with a broken rib. It was, it, it, right. it, it was I don't want to say it was great television, it was streaming, but it was great television, right? Sure. And it's interesting that number being down about 30% from the number last year. So it's basically, we can predictably say now that 30% of audiences don't like changing the channel or going to something new. Yeah. Well, of course it was also later in the season and I mean, yeah. there are a lot yeah, of yeah, qualifiers yeah, sure. that, that, that you can make to that. But I, I really don't want to suggest that, you know, uh, all of a sudden there's going to be this cavalcade of, leagues going to streaming because that's that, that's not going to happen uh I, I think that that is going to happen eventually but it's not going to happen for for a good long while and the main reason is like the what you see with amazon and the nfl right now is what you're going to see with amazon and the nfl into the 2030s 
I mean, the NFL has no more games to give to Amazon. They have deals with Fox, CBS, NBC, uh, ESPN, ABC. They're committed to the old broadcast television for more than a decade. And and that's not going to change. Well, but but most of those broadcasters, excluding Fox, do have their own streaming service. And eventually we will see, I mean, we're already seeing simulcasts on Paramount Plus for the CBS games, Peacock for the Sunday Night Football games. Eventually that seesaw will ultimately switch and more viewers will go to streaming than are on linear. But I agree with you. I don't think that's going to happen for a long time for the NFL, but this is a big deal. I think this is showing that a major league can have a viable streaming exclusive for their marquee franchise from, you know, their marquee games. Now I know Thursday is not as prominent as Sunday or Monday, but it's a big deal. This is not like the MLB games you can watch on Peacock or Apple TV. This is, you know, double digit millions. Yeah. So Matt, yeah, I, I, you know, I cover sports media and so I, it's impossible to look at um, the Amazon game and the results without looking at it through the NBA's lens, because the NBA is sort of, that's the next big league to come up. It's going to sure. come up in uh, 2025. And if I'm the NBA, I'm taking a look at number one, the way that Amazon presented the NFL was just top notch. They spent they spent the amount of money that Fox and CBS spent on the championship games. I mean, they had, they had close to 30 cameras there. They brought in the best play-by-play voice in NFL history uh, 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 in Al Michaels. They spent a lot of money on Kirk Herbstreit, who's really known in the, in the college area. They have Fred Gadelli. It's, it's an NBC Sunday Night Football uh, production. Tony G. Don't forget Tony Gonzalez. Uh, <laughs> as well. Absolutely. Formerly married to Jeff Bezos' current girlfriend also. But that's a that's a separate story. You know what? I never knew that. Oh, you didn't get that connection? No, that's I, that, he was that's, married to Lauren Sanchez, who is oh. now with Jeff Bezos. But that's that's a separate issue. So yes, I agree. The presentation was great. You know that they definitely put the Amazon money behind it. Um, let's dive in a little bit more on the numbers. What do what do you see in the numbers that maybe someone like me or someone listening to this may not see beyond that thirteen million number? Okay, so uh, I, I talked about the, the the number of people watching on on, on uh, broadcast that fell in in uh, Amazon's favor very mm-hmm. very well. The average age of the viewer, I look, look I, I know because you deal with Hollywood, it's it's younger to stream. But in sports, they didn't really know that because sport, sports tends to have sort of an, an older older fan bases. Sure. And so, what's going to happen if it goes streaming? Is it just going to be the old fan bases following the? Uh, um, following the sports, or are they going to be able to, to get within streaming and get younger? And they got they got younger. They got a lot younger. Um, How much was, uh, uh, The average age for Amazon's Game One audience was forty six years old, and that's seven year young seven years younger than the average age for linear TV's first two weeks of the NFL games, which was uh, fifty three years old. So what that's telling me is that the the NFL is a property where cord cutters now have a way to watch and they are they are many of them are amazon customers and they're going to find this and, that, and that's it makes perfect sense and so if I, again if you look at this through the lens of, of the nba or some of the other leagues like okay th- we always suspected that we would get younger and it's only one game but boy it, it, it did get a, a lot younger but the uh the, the, uh, the one other thing that i really want to uh highlight is 
the people watching Amazon games watched them a lot longer than the ones uh, watching uh, on, on regular television. So, oh, that's fascinating. It's probably because you can't change the channel. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I don't know why. That's one of them. Uh, another another theory is that if you're watching via Amazon on a computer, you have a bunch of tabs open. And so you just kind of leave that open and you're doing other things and, and on, on on the tab. But I really do think that there is so much friction involved in switching streaming services. You can't just go from channel two to channel 11 and back and forth. You've got to log out. You got to go into the other one. It's got to have the interface. You got to make your choice. Well, it depends where you're watching, right? Like what John describing is if you're watching it on your laptop, it's very easy to open a new tab. Yeah. But no, I'm talking about a, smart, yeah, smart, smart TV. TVs. Yeah, if you're an old guy like me, you just want to watch on TV. It's like, I got to get out of the app and then get back into the app. It's a, It becomes a lot a lot more cumbersome. And, and as you both know, the NFL with its like regular commercial breaks is tailor made for channel surfing. You know, you got you got the break and you and you channel surfing. Right. Yeah, I, I found me personally, I I was stuck on Amazon. I wasn't right. going to get out of the app and get back into the app. And it's hilarious that they didn't allow beer commercials because Amazon doesn't <laughs> sell beer. I'm surprised I didn't get noticed immediately. Like there, the, people didn't jump on that. But uh, you know, I guess. Selling, you know, hamburgers that give you heart disease is okay, but beer that no, gives you. Uh, I had a, you I know, had a story about that on, on, on Monday. It's like there, there was no beer commercials and two, two autos. It was a uh, Mercedes, and I forget what the the, the second one was. So if you're used to watching an NFL game, you're used to watching a lot of beer. You're used to watching a lot of autos, and they they were were not there. Hmm. And I think I think a big part of that is that. You know, some of these big advertisers, they're waiting to get the numbers and they're going to need more than one week's worth of numbers. They're 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 just not not sold yet on this new on this new system. Uh, anything else in the numbers that surprised you? Um, no, the one thing that I am going to take a look at, though, is like if, if the, the tune in is so long, that generally means that the reach isn't. And so uh, one thing that's going to be hard to convince advertisers is, you know, well, we get, we ha we have a smaller audience, but they're watching longer. They don't want to keep hitting the same people with the same messages. They 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 want a a wide to cast a wider net to get their uh, messages out there. How that plays out is uh is you know a, a story. I, all of this is a story that I'm going to be writing about for a year, so it'll be so, fun. So here's the thing: Do you think this go the the ratings go up from here, or do you think that they decline or plateau? Because I initially was like, oh, there's going to be a big burst out of the gate of people being interested in this, and then it will decline and level off. I actually think the opposite now. I think that once you get people to check this out and they, you know, whether they log into their Amazon account or they download the app or whatever it is that causes them to change their behavior, that they then will stick with it and will see a gradual increase as the season goes on. Do you agree with that or no? You know, I, I hate to disagree with you on your own pod, but Please yeah, no, do. I, I, Craig does it all the time. I, I, I totally disagree. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Lucas Shaw here. Yeah, uh, we, uh, you know, they started with the best game, and I and I viewed that game as like it was an event. It was like you know, Roger Goodell was calling it, you know, an historic day in in NFL history. Uh, the, the Thursday night football is not an event. I mean, it, it's a package of games that all of the linear TV networks passed on. None of them wanted it. So it, it ended up on Amazon. And I think the whole idea of it being a big event is going to, uh, is going to start to fade. 
And once you get past uh, the the Chargers and the Chiefs, which again are two good teams, it's, it's uh, going to get a good rating. I think Week 15 is going to be the Jets and the Jaguars. Sure. Well, but this past week they had the Steelers and the Browns. That's a decent game. Yeah, I think that'll get a good number. I think I, I but I do think it's front loaded and it's going to start to uh, to start start to fade. Steelers, a national team, interdivision rival. The Browns have a rabid fan base. I like. I'm expecting that to get a a really big number. Mm, interesting. Um, all right. Well, my my takeaway on this is that this we are going to look back on the evolution of sports media in 10, 20 years, and we are going to look back to that date and say this was the day that sports on streaming became real. Do you agree with that? Or was this has this been a gradual long time coming? Or was it some UFC match on ESPN Plus that I don't even know about? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, ESPN just streamed uh, Monday Night Football and got big numbers as well. Uh, that, that always did make me laugh. Th- this is not historic. I could watch a, a Yahoo streamed exclusively NFL games from London. No, but not exclusively. Uh, in the same sort of exclusive uh, exclusivity. Oh, really? It was just in the home markets. Yeah. The oh, oh interesting. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, back in 2012, you know, NBC's Olympics, they started streaming the Olympics. So I, I, I think this is certainly another step in it. And I like the way that you, you put that in 20 or 30 years, because we've really, we've just come out of like a couple of month period where, uh, you know, the big 10 media rights were up and Amazon came in with the biggest bid and the guys at the big 10 decided that they wanted to stick with broadcast formula one. That was the same deal. UEFA champions league. It was the same deal at every time there's been a rights, uh, uh, a rights deal that's come up. They've they've gone to broadcast because they like the broadcast reach, and they've shunned uh, you know it's you, Amazon's been the most aggressive that that's been throwing more money at them. Will this and these numbers start to turn that? I I suspect that it might. I mean the numbers were that big and that good. John, I asked this to Matt earlier. I'm curious your thoughts. We can include this or not, but like, how much do the ratings even really matter from an advertising perspective? Like if even if these numbers were lower. I mean, isn't the fact that that they're getting people to watch a football game on Amazon on a platform that is one click away from purchasing a product literally a second after watching the ad, isn't that so much more important? Like an ad for toilet paper on TV does nothing because you can't buy the toilet paper on your television. But an ad for toilet paper on Amazon, you can immediately go and buy the toilet paper. So do you think that the future of streaming sports is actually much more important long term because of how it can affect advertising? Uh, yeah, and, and they were trying to charge. I think the the problem there is that uh, Amazon was trying to charge a premium for that because uh, even more than you can click through and, and buy it, it's like they we can tailor, we can t- say exactly who's watching your ads in a way that uh, that, that broadcast can. Um, right, you could like dynamically insert ads for each viewer, yeah. right? I will say this: I'm going nuts on um, I'm, I'm going crazy on on, on this story, but uh, it, it's it's mainly because. We've never seen these numbers before from uh, like Nielsen is getting in there doing the uh, and uh, and um, rating the shows as uh, say a third party saying how many people are watching this game. And then I'm able to see the the the, the numbers that come out of that. Like I we, we haven't had that like with with uh, NBC, Apple for their uh, baseball. They won't tell anybody. The MLB won't tell anybody. Even some advertisers say that they, they don't know like how many people are, are, are watching those Apple games. Um, and, and so the, just the fact that we're able to see these is, is really unique. The other thing, uh, 
like I did a story just recently. Like if I ran one of these broadcast networks and Thursday night football went from broadcast to some, some streaming service, I would be counter programming the heck out of that. And none of them are. And the reason they're not is even the lowest prediction, like I, I had it at seven or 8 million. Mm-hmm. They're like nothing on TV gets seven or 8 million. So why are we going to counter program that? And so it's a, yeah, the, the idea of, you know, are we spending too much on ratings? Yes. Cause NFL ratings, they could be down 20%, but it's still the the linchpin of, you know, the, the businesses that we cover. I know. Who's the biggest loser in all of this? Like, is this just the first Jenga block being plucked from like broadcast television? It's eventual demise. I don't want to say that's a good question. Uh, and I'll, I'll answer it. I don't want to say though, because it's only one game. And, and, and so who knows what's going to happen? Maybe people went in and were like, I'm tired of watching you know, video and audio not being synced, or I'm tired of watching a blurry picture when too many people come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, the winners and losers can change um, between now and, and week six. As of right now, since you asked, the, the winners are um, every other league commissioner is, is a winner. I mean, you now have, uh, it used to be like, yeah, we might go to streaming and the networks would laugh and be like, good luck. Yeah, have fun. Now, this is that that is a legitimate outlet uh, for, for, for them to go. And I and losers would have to be the the, um, the broadcast networks who, you know, all of like all of a sudden Amazon that, that that was a broadcast type number, 13 million. I mean, that that was that that's a, a big number. And so that all of, all of a sudden you have a streaming service that has. Well, not the reach of broadcasters, significant reach. It's I, I would put them as a loser right now, but that could all change in a week. A cord cutter can have a meaningful NFL experience now. And I think that's a big deal. If you are a casual NFL fan and you only want streaming services, you do not want to subscribe to the cable bundle, you can now watch the CBS games on Sunday. You can watch Sunday Night Football on NBC. You can watch Thursday Night Football. And anything else? Well, no, that, that, that's a, a, a fa- another fascinating story. Fox and ESPN are so dependent on the cable yeah. money. Well, Fox in particular, they don't have a general interest streaming service, but ESPN does, yet they have chosen or not been able to put Monday Night Football on ESPN+. For now, we'll see. This could be opening the floodgates where it's like, you know, we, we need to start to, to get those, uh, th- those people. But then they have a, uh, those people, those cord cutters. But then they're going to have a, a lot of hard talks with uh, with the cable operator saying, like, what are we paying for then? Exactly. That's the problem there. All right. John Aron, thank you very much. You're going to be writing about it all at Sports Business Journal. We always appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Matt. All right. We are back with the call sheet. Or normally this is the call sheet. No prediction today. I am actually at Disneyland with my kid and one of his friends. So I didn't want to make a prediction because we're recording in advance. Craig, do you want to make a prediction about what I am currently doing right now when this is airing? Uh, when this is airing, you're probably two Pinot Noirs deep waiting in line. You're on hour one of the Tower of Terror, praying that nobody recognizes your voice and turns around and starts yelling at you about your Star Wars opinions. That's good guess. Um, yes, you're right. In order to have booze, you have to be a California adventure because yep. they actually do not sell yeah. booze at Disneyland. I, I know. I'm, I'm, I factored that in. Only, yeah, only in uh, two places. They sell it at the Star Wars Cantina area. They're not going to serve you there if, they, if the guy behind the counter has listened to the town. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, and they have it at that restaurant at the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Not that I have checked the website to uh, search that out, but. I want you to give me one prediction. Which ride will you ride the most amount of times? I don't really do rides over again, especially since now with all the like fast pass renewal. Your son doesn't want to like, let's go again, let's go again. Maybe, but you know, he, we've been before. He likes things like Dumbo and the teacups and things like that. So maybe we'll have to do those multiple times. Um, I try to prevent that because you want to, you know, you got to be efficient at these parks. You got to try to do as much as possible. And if you linger on one ride, you don't get as much in. I, I, I do my homework. It's, you need an entire blueprint to have a successful day at Disneyland. It, it's actually kind of um, amazing how complicated it is now. You yeah. have to like, wake up at 5.30 in the morning and start making reservations. You got to like plan your lunch and dinner in advance. Uh, here's an idea. Disneyland should offer Disney day planners where they map your day out for you. They do. It's called They're called plaids or they're tour guides that you can get. And I've done it before and it costs an absolute fortune. You get to skip the lines. You get to have a guy who walks you around and, you know, says, oh, Mr. Incredible will be outside the Incredible Coaster at 426 p.m. We're going to go meet him there. And they will they just ask you, what do you like? I say my kids love my kid loves the Cars movies. He likes, you know, uh, Star Wars. And they say, "Okay," And they have a whole thing where they will map out your day for you. And you're like, and I'd like a stiff gin and tonic. I'm like, okay, we can trust me. He will do that too. But you have to pay an arm and a leg even more than you normally do. I don't like the name plaid. If they come up with a better name for that, I'd be it. Well, no, they're not. That's the slang. They're called VIP tour guides or something like that. If you ever go to the parks, you see them because the men are wearing plaid vests. The women are wearing like plaid outfits with, you know, dresses with like a skirt and pantyhose. It's kind of very traditional. Hmm, okay. Uh, yeah, you'll see them around and people get them because it's a way to cut the lines, but they will actually plan your whole day out for you. If you're like Mariah Carey and you want to bring your 10 kids or whatever, you can do that. Wow. All right. Well, I hope you're having a good time right now. I probably am not. So, all right. Thank you to John Aron for coming on the show. Thanks to producer Craig. And we will see you on Wednesday. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.